You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Okay, so this morning we're going to, I'm going to speak to you about remembering. We, uh, at the start of every year, we have a high value for the prophetic, which I'm sure you're gathering. And at the beginning of each year, we give our prophetic sense for the year. And Andrew prophesied that it would be a year of climbing, that it'll take effort, it'll take perseverance, but one of you, and it will bring perspective, so onwards and upwards. It would also be a year of course confirmation and a year of course correction. And I said that it would be a year with a hope wave, like a heat wave with extended periods and increased amounts of hope manifest in our midst. And it would be the year of the re, and what re means is to visit again. And we find that actually the re, when you look at it, so we're looking this morning at remember, but it can be reclaiming or it can be restoration or it can be reinvigoration, whatever the re is for you. So we've been digging in for the past number of weeks into different themes that are prominent in these prophetic messages. And you can find them on the website if you're interested and you can track along with us. You can get in touch with me, chat with me. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to do that. So today's message is called Remember, and we're going to build on what we've already looked at so far. This is a moment to remember, isn't it? Now, Joel won't remember it. He'll maybe, I don't know, maybe he will. Maybe he'll be one of those people that when he's older goes, do you know I remember that man? And I remember eating that biscuit and kicking the pastor as hard as I possibly could. But his mom and dad and Ellie will remember this moment. There are moments that mark and define our lives. And as I say that, what comes to your mind? Sometimes it's the pinnacle of a collection of seemingly mundane moments. Like the daily greeting of a stranger over years and years that one day turns into a profound moment of connection and exchange. They can be both moments that mark us with joy and also we've all experienced moments of intense pain and hurt. And I want to tell you about one moment I had. Have you ever won a competition? Raise your hand. Have you? The best that I've heard was somebody who went on, I think it was, it was either who wants to be a millionaire or some other program and won 22,000 pounds. I was like, well, <laughs> I have nothing on you, but I'm going to tell you mine because I'm the one with the microphone. So when I was 10 years old, I've always loved drawing and there was a competition that came up. I'm uh, 42 years old. So this was 32 years ago. Like anybody who's older than me, I'm sure you're feeling it because I certainly am. So I was 10 years old. There was a competition came up to design a tennis racket. I designed the tennis racket and I sent it into Debenhams and guess who won? Now it's really disappointing if it wasn't me. It was, I won, all right? And uh, there was lots of things that were on offer but I actually didn't like any of them. So when I went in the store to collect my prize, they said, what would you like? Anybody remember shell suits? <laughs> I never had a shell suit. I had a track suit from Primark. I was that soldier, and I was like, I just would love a shell suit. And they said, what would you like? And I was like, I want that Adidas green and red shell suit, and I will wear that with pride. So even though it's 32 years ago, as I stand in front of you, I am right there. I remember mom and I had to do the promotional photo shoot. If you met my mom, you would see how much of a stretch that is for her. I was all over it, yeah. So I was crouched in behind the clothes, peering through. 
32 years ago, and Debenham said to me, you know, if you ever go into a career in the creative world, you get in touch with me and we'll help you. I got in touch with them and they went, no. <laughs> Integrity is important, people. 32 years and I still remember it. So maybe I should forgive them. Saying that I've just shared communion, that would be a good idea, wouldn't it? It can be getting married. It can be the birth of a child. It can be the first time that you saw your spouse. And more often than not, it was a look of disdain when you first saw them until it took you a while to realize that you actually loved them. Anybody else? No, no, no not that I... No, love, of course that wasn't me. It can be also tragedy or loss of any kind, no matter how small it seems to others it was big for you, and disappointments or things that significantly hurt. It can be the encouraging voice of a coach or a teacher. Anybody else? I can think of one. They just said something to you, and really it stayed with you for all of these years. The fact is that we are all marked by moments, aren't we? Absolutely, we are marked by moments. But we often aren't transformed by them as much as we could be if we remembered them correctly and received what God was giving through them. Now, we want to always say we are not a people of condemnation. If you're in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. But there is conviction. So if any conviction arrives at you today, which is the Lord just saying gently, you need to remember. You need to be more diligent in your remembrance. It's going to bring benefit to you. We want Aaron and Ruth to be able to remember the prophetic words that were spoken over Joel this morning. So our bit in that is we have recorded, hopefully, the, the message today and the dedication today, and we'll present them with a copy of that. I still have copies of the things that Andrew had prophesied over Anna and Isaac, my two children and they're 12 and 10 now, and actually, it's profound. Absolutely profound. And it's worth remembering. We are given moments by the Spirit of God to steward them wisely so that they'll bear fruit. So today is a moment for Aaron, Ruth, and Ellie and Joel, and it's a day to remember. And we've just shared communion together. And Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. And he said the same about the cup. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus told us to remember because we so often forget. We remember that he died in communion. We remember the punishment that he received because when you get stuff wrong, do you feel that you deserve punishment? I do. The hammer fell once on Jesus Christ. Hammer's not going to fall on you if you're in Jesus Christ. So you've got to be able to remember that you're not going to be punished. You are going to be convicted. And he will put his finger on your stuff and say, I'm not okay with that, but I love you. So we're safe and you're safe enough that I'm not going to leave you and we can deal with this and you can find healing and wholeness and everything can repair and restore. We remember that his blood releases a new covenant, that we're free from the law which brought death and we're given you life. And in this moment, you can be if you lay your hands on it and remember it, that you're free of your yesterdays. 
Now, the consequences will be present. You need to take responsibility for those things. But God is not holding you to account anymore because he held Jesus Christ to account once and for all. When we remember, we piece it all together. When I started to remember uh, about the the tennis, like I thought that tennis thing was great. Your response was a little underwhelming, I'm not going to lie. But when I remembered the tennis and I could remember the drone that it did. The tennis ball had a look of terror because it was being batted about. I remembered the shell suit and oil's glorious technicolor. I even remember how frustrated my mom was being told that she had to kneel down. If you met my mom, it would make sense. Mom, you won't mind me saying that if you're listening. And uh, she, you know, creeping out behind the, the clothes and how that felt and what the morning was like and the journey into Belfast. As I began to remember all the pieces of the puzzle of that memory, came together and started to fix into a hole that actually brings a bit of joy and a bit of life. If we don't remember, we won't live the reality of it. So here's a question for you. What are you missing because you haven't remembered? What special life-giving enriching moments are present in your past that you need to bring into your present? so that you can drink them down again, eat them again, and nourish yourself. Catchphrase, anybody else like catchphrase? Do you remember uh, Roy, what was his second name? Roy, Roy Walker, Ride! Do you remember that was his catchphrase? Ride! And now you've got Stephen Mulhern. We love Stephen Mulhern. I'm on my own, okay, moving swiftly on. And he says, will the middle solve the riddle? And in catchphrase, it's about trying to see something so that you can actually make some sort of a guesstimate as to what the whole is. And the more that they, uh, they're able to access the different pieces, particularly of the, I feel like I'm going into catchphrase and you're not really with me. You need to watch it. It's very good. Okay. But when they get more pieces, then they can put it all together. Will the middle reveal the riddle? So when you remember something, if you dwell on it long enough, you'll, you're going to be able to remember more. The dictionary definition of remember is to be able to bring to one's mind an awareness of someone or something from the past. When we remember, we access what was present or what is present and we've forgotten. Communion is a perfect example of what is present but we forget. So we do something wrong we allow ourselves to be condemned and then we act in a way that welcomes punishment or we punish ourselves. So if we're living from the knowledge and awareness of what Jesus did on the cross, then we don't live like that. We can go to God and say, I'm sorry. We can receive forgiveness and we can begin to change the behavior that's been hurting ourselves and others. We remember so that it can have a positive transformational effect on today. So what do you need to remember? Deuteronomy 6, 7, God says this to his people. These words I'm commanding you today are to be upon your hearts and you shall teach them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as reminders on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. So again, what do you need to remember that you've forgotten? Now let's talk a little bit about the mind. Now everything seems to be about mindfulness at the minute. Whether it's doodling or taking a mindfulness moment, listening to the birds or anybody else this week realized that the days are getting significantly longer. 
I was out at the coal bunker because it's still cold. And uh, I was putting coal into the coal scuttle for, to use the old terminology. And just realized at 10 past, six, 10 past six, it's still light. And I heard the birds sing. And if anybody had come out and seen me, it was like this. Because <coughs> it's been a long winter, hasn't it? It was one of those moments to just stop and drink it in. Paul tells us in Romans 12 too, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, to no longer conform to the pattern of this world. And then we're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how are you transformed? Is it by your behaviors? Is it by a six-step plan? It's actually by how you think. So the most important thing in remembering is how you think. Don't know if any of you are familiar with Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's a neuroscientist and also a believer. And she says that actually physically thoughts take up a mental real estate in the brain. And they are strengthened and weakened by the food that they receive or do not receive. And the food being the time spent thinking the thought. So did you know that thoughts have a shelf life of two days? if they are not fixed upon. Now, apparently there are these things which sounds ridiculous, but they're called nanopoodles. And what they do is they are the process of the, the looking at the thought and basically running up and down them. So when something happens to you, if you begin to dwell on that and then that gets entrenched in your mind, that actually becomes a physical thing in your thinking. It's a physical reality in your brain. So when we begin to respond to what God says in Scripture of 2 Corinthians 10, 5, of holding every thought captive and leading it away in obedience to Jesus Christ. Now, in our souls, our mind, our will, and our understanding, that is completely ridiculous, isn't it? How could you possibly hold every thought captive? Well, we get to decide whether we go by our experience or by what God says is true. So if God says that you can hold every thought captive, then you can hold every thought captive. And therefore, strongholds in your thinking begin to be weakened and get torn down, and new renewing structures appear and are developed and constructed in your thinking. It's really, I find it really, really interesting stuff. Did you also know that when a thought is in your subconscious, that you cannot change it? It is rigid. It's stuck. But when a thought is moved to your conscious mind, it has a thing called neuroplasty. What neuroplasty is, means is that it is malleable. You can mold it. It's a bit like plasticine. That's why we need to know the stuff that we don't know. That's why we have the voices of our brothers and sisters, and it should be those that you trust. It should be those that you're accountable to. When somebody says you're acting in a way that you shouldn't be acting, that you can go, well, I don't see that. But if you actually appropriate that, I guarantee you that you will begin to see things that you didn't see. And the moment that the light hits it, then there's your opportunity for change. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks about himself, or a person thinks about himself, so he is. 
So what you and I think about brings the reality of it into our lives. Therefore, we've got to urgently and soberly attend to what our minds are dwelling on. How many of you have thought a negative thought today? The rest of you are lying. Were you aware of it? Did it stand up to what God says? Do you know if it stands up to what he says? If it doesn't stand up to what he says, then it shouldn't actually have opportunity to be in your thinking. We're told by Paul in Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9, to only think on things that are noble and beautiful and things that are praiseworthy. We're supposed to focus our, ourselves on the good things. In Isaiah 26, 3, that those who keep, God will keep in perfect peace, those who keep their minds steadfast on him. So in this whole deal that's going on with Ukraine and Russia at the minute, who is on the throne? It's horrendous. It is horrific. And I absolutely believe that it is wrong. But God is still on the throne. Often the thoughts that press on us and push into us are those that need to be held captive and led away in obedience to Jesus Christ. So what sort of thoughts are nagging you? How do we deal when we remember things that are painful, things that are negative, and things that are traumatic? And I'd suggest to you that the only way that we can get rid of those is to face them and process them in the presence of Jesus Christ. You need to take his hand because it's difficult stuff. You and I all have stuff that we want to forget ever happened. And the way on is often the way back and the way through those things so that they lose their power as Jesus reframes them for us and with us. We've got to find the truth because the truth will set us free and the truth will cause any deception to be driven out and the thoughts to be reframed. And often the truth is that it's valid that we're hurt and that we have hurt others and we have to square up to those things. We must remember in the presence of God that is the safest place in the universe to ever, ever be. That thing that happened to you, that hurt you or hurt others, remember it in the presence of God. He is the only one with the power to bring healing, restoration, restitution, or repentance. John 6, 63 says, the spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and of life. So this is the last thing that, the last point that I want to make before we stand together. We're going to worship for a time and I'm going to call us to respond. Every time that we have a message, we encourage you to respond because that's what Jesus did. So three things to begin with in the journey of remembering. The first is who God is. He's the one true God. He knows everything and is everywhere. He's outside of time but moves within it. So let your head be baked by this thought. So Joel is, uh, what age is Joel at the minute? He's 17 months old. God is outside of time, therefore God sees Joel before he was born and uh, he sees him at the end of his life and all of the things that he will do in between. The things that he may do and all the choices, all oh, just sees it all. So when you put that into context, if we are genuinely hearing God and prophesying to him, we are prophesying from the place of a spirit who is standing in the reality and the possibility of the things that we're speaking there and then. So your God knows 
and is with you when you were six months old and is present with you in any trauma you experienced at that point. He is also with you and with your great, great, if he doesn't come back, great, and then some grandchildren as we are present right here and right now. Are we agreed he's outside of time? Now, you may go, well, I don't believe in God, and that's okay. But if we do believe in him, then he's not within time, but he functions in time with us. No, only me. It's good stuff. So when somebody asks you to pray, of course, you never do this. I'll be the transparent one. And you forget to pray. We've all been there, haven't we? And you think, no, I'm such a bad Christian, which is totally wrong because if you were remembering communion, then you would remember that Jesus died for you. So you're not bad. You just missed something you should have attended to. Now, at that moment, is it valid that you can pray for the thing that's already happened? Well, you're praying to a being that's outside of time, and therefore you can say, I'm sorry that I missed it, but you can still speak your prayers to someone who is outside of time, and I am confident that he can do whatever he wants because he can move from that moment to the moment that you missed. Graham Cook said that to God, well, it says in Scripture, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. How on earth do you work with a guy like that? You're all kind of staring at me. That's all right. We'll just keep playing on. It's good stuff. He knows everything. He sees everything. He created you. He has good plans for you. He's good and he's kind. He's very kind. He's very easy to work with. He is love, which means he's patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, isn't proud, doesn't keep any records of wrongs, isn't rude, rejoices with the truth, and never fails. That is who he is. He will never physically leave you, nor will he emotionally abandon you. He's there all the time. He's your shepherd if you choose for him to be, and you will not lack anything, and he will restore your soul. Somebody I'd like to remember. You've got, secondly, to remember who you are. Now, we use the phrase, you're the tree and not the ivy. Now, all of us could say the ivy that's grown up us is in the negative things and the negative patterns and all the stuff that we receive about ourselves. But we would need to remember who we are in Jesus Christ. We are primarily, first and foremost, loved. And not in some objective, he has to kind of way, in some perfectly adoring, loving, parental, intimate friendship, he loves specific things about you. You're loved. You're safe. Perfectly and completely safe and loved. You're safe and secure, and if you appropriate it, you're forgiven, forever forgiven. Therefore, you can attend to your stuff without being terrified that you're going to be punished for it. And the final thing I want to suggest is that you remember what you specifically and uniquely have been asked to do by God what is it that he's asked you to do? Because if you remember that, then you can say no to lots of things and say yes to the things that you, you should say yes to. Can I invite the worship guys up to come and begin to lead us? So to remember who God is, who you are, and what you've been specifically and uniquely called to do. And unless you and I remember that this is a year of a hope wave, 
it's a year of the re to, be, to revisit things and the re dot, 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 whatever that is, restoration, reinvigoration, rekindling, reclaiming, responding, remembering, whatever it is. It's a year of climbing, course correction, course confirmation, of persevering until you get to the place of vision and perspective. You won't live prepared. So here's the question. What is it that you need to remember today? And in addition to that, also, what do you need to forget? Can I get you to stand with me and we're going to make a response? So as I said, every time we have a message, we always give the opportunity to respond to it. Jesus modeled by proclaiming and then demonstrating, and we want to follow him and do the same. So here's some questions to help you to respond. What do you need to remember this morning? And secondly, where are you missing out on a reality that's available to you because you keep forgetting? And then finally, do you need to find any healing of traumatic, painful, hurtful, or difficult memories this morning? If you can answer yes to any of those questions, then I would ask you to pop your mask on and to come and join me now at the front. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.